podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Red Inca. I'm Jared Kimber. This podcast has adverts, but if you prefer your podcast without, in the show notes you'll see the link to my Patreon page and you can listen to our chats uninterrupted. Patreon also comes with many other benefits as well, including a Discord channel and private chats with me. But now, the show. This episode of Red Inca is on Hardik Pandya, the rock star of Indian cricket who's becoming a weird elder statesman. So I got on an expert to talk me all through it. My name is Amul Karadkar, a cricket writer with The Hindu Group. This episode, we talk about his flamboyant personality, his rehab, Kiran Moray, Maturing as an all-rounder, skills work, his new in-swinger, and how he is more like a Ferrari than a regular car. And I brought you on today because I wanted to talk about Hardik Pandya's comeback. So I read an article that you wrote about it, and I find it really interesting for many different reasons. So we'll, we'll get through it. But is this his second major comeback or is this his third major comeback? I'm trying to get my numbers right. Even I'm kind of confused, Jared. It's like... Just to give a sort of a background, we all know that he broke down during the 2018 Asia Cup in the UAE. Okay, uh, I happened to be there and it actually was so scary. It looked like we may have seen the end of Radhik Pandya, the bowler at least. So since then to now, possibly I would rate it as the third major comeback. Mm. This one's quite interesting. So your article really talks about how they did it. It seems like before he just went through his comeback sort of normally. And this time there was a lot more thought, almost a Virat Kohli-like obsession, right, with his body and his game as well. Who made the plan for this comeback? Okay, that's a good one, Jared. First and foremost, we both know that eventually, unless and until a sports person realizes he has to make a drastic change happen, no one else can mm. do anything. So it started off with him and his brother, who was as much a part of his team as anyone else. Once both of them were uh, actually sure about Hardik needing a drastic overall, not just in terms of his fitness, but in terms of his body clock, his daily regime, everything. That's when he consulted India's SNC coach, Soham Desai. And then the two of them actually got into the planning phase and then how to go about it for the almost five months leading into the IPL, since the World Cup till the IPL. And... The actual injury itself, it seems like a fairly normal cricket injury, was it? Yeah, it's like one of those typical chronic back injuries that is the major injury he has had. So we know how difficult is it for a competitive athlete to actually manage a back injury. We have seen Michael Clark managing that. Then we have seen even someone like Mahindra Singh Dhoni towards the latter half of his international career managing a back injury. But for a pace bowler to actually manage a back injury becomes even more critical. So, in that sense, uh, once that back injury either was not healed properly or he did not do the proper rehab and did not take proper care of it, it led to the other body parts being affected, which always happens. It's a tendency among sports persons anyway. And so, take me through the initial part of the plan. Let's call it the physical therapy sort of part of the plan. Yeah. So, it was actually divided into three phases as such. The first one... There wasn't a major injury to him during the T20 World Cup, but he just wasn't looking fit, right? He was mm. nowhere close to being an international cricketer, let's face it. So, the moment he came back, he and Soham Desai 
prepared a plan about him getting back in shape physically. So the rest of the November, this was mid-November, around 15th or 16th of November of 2021, did he actually land in Mumbai? Yet another controversy with regard to uh, him reporting some of his valuables to customs. So <laughs> that also did not uh, deter his plan as such. A couple of days within that, he and Soham Desai sat down. They uh, jotted down a plan, they finalized it. Till the end of December, skills were secondary. He hardly did any skill work. It was only about getting back in shape. Lots of physiotherapy, rigorous SNC work. Majority of it actually happened in Mumbai. Till the end of the December, it was actually primarily SNC. Once his body was in shape, they decided to move to uh, his hometown, which is Baroda, Vadodara, as some may call it, which is in Gujarat, uh, around 400 kilometers from Mumbai. That's where the next two and a half months, again, they were divided into two parts. The first one was to get his batting act together. And then from the end of January, he started bowling a little bit. The whole of February, they managed his workload. There was one physiotherapist whose name was G. Suresh Kumar, who flew down from Chennai and accompanied Hardik on a daily basis for those three months. And obviously, Hardik Pandya is a product of Kiran More's Cricket Academy in Baroda. So Kiran More was overseeing his uh, skill work. He wasn't coaching him as, as such, but he was just monitoring him because he is one of those very few who actually knows Hardik Pandya, the cricketer, in and out. So he was yeah. monitoring. Suresh Kumar ended up recording, documenting, which is still novel to Indian sports as such. Every activity that Hardik Pandya did on the field of play, every workload of his, including some of those warm-up balls that he batted or bowled, even those were recorded and that's where the whole plan actually, how we actually saw the transformation, be it during the Indian Premier League or his India stints that have followed so far. We have seen that Hardik Pandya is back to his best. What Hardik Pandya did in 2017-18, he is doing it now. It's a result of those six months uh, rigorous work that he has put. And it seems like he sort of changed his perspective. So... He's obviously, him and his brother are quite natural athletes, right? And before the IPL, they probably wouldn't have got as much of a go in Indian cricket. And they took to the celebrity life quite hard. And I think you and I both know that within cricket, especially within Indian cricket, there's a lot of resentment to the way that they act and their personalities. He's almost more like an NBA player or a footballer than he is a cricketer. And within Indian cricket, that stands out a little bit, doesn't it? And he hasn't always had the best reputation within Indian cricket. Yes, it also played a role in some of the setbacks he received when it comes to international cricket. But see, that's his persona. He hasn't mellowed down, okay, but it's just that he has aged. From what, how you behave in the early 20s is very different than what you end up doing in the late 20s or early 30s. That's the evolution that's happened even with Hardik. And in so many ways, it's worked in his favor. He has had a lot of personal setbacks also. On one hand, his uh, marriage, followed by his childbirth, has made him more responsible. On the other, he has to deal with the demise of his father, who actually pushed him to be a cricketer. All these factors have occurred in the last couple of years. And in such cases, when you have had uh, multiple setbacks and your on-field uh, performance or graph is on a downward spiral, either you end up crumbling as a cricketer, especially an Indian cricketer, or if you're special, you end up actually bouncing back. And Hardik Pandya has proven yet again that all his off-the-field persona 
has actually resulted in him being molded into a different individual altogether. Especially, uh, I know you're sort of mentioning about what happened in that great celebrity talk show soon after his injury occurred in the Asia Cup. Since then, Hadik Pandya has been making the headlines more about his off-field uh, behavior as such. We as Indians, I can admit that to a lot of extent, his uh, wedding also may not have gone down too well. But the best thing about Hardik Pandya is he doesn't care about it. He continues to be the same person that he is. His behavior on the field has actually shown us that possibly he has become a responsible individual in all walks of life in that sense. Yeah, I, I think one of the interesting things you talked about was, and both of us know that he, you know, he likes late nights and he likes parties and celebrities. But you actually talk about in this article, he became an early riser, which I think is a really interesting change. Yes. One, he became an early riser. It's like for almost four months, he followed this routine religiously. He used to hit the bed at 9.30 in the night, get up at 5 o'clock. One of the interesting things that uh, Suresh, the SNC physiotherapist, uh, he told me was at times when he would he wanted to record everything, he would reach Hardik's home or breakfast before they headed to the ground around 7 o'clock and by then he would have in his living room had already batted or bowled 30 or 40 balls and he was like come on that is workload that's not done but that's something that we don't really associate with Hardik Pandya as such or we never did but like I said once he realized that he had to bring in a drastic change in his whole lifestyle to be a fit cricketer see making one comeback is easier he has done that earlier now he wants to last longer it's not just about being fit till the T20 World Cup this year, later in 2022. More so, it's about the ODI World Cup, which is again going to be played in India in 2023. So he's looking at the longer picture, long-term goals he has set himself for. And that's why to actually take time off for almost six months. We saw him in the World Cup after that last game. Straight up, we saw him playing a match in the IPL. No one actually knew where he was for those four months. Everyone actually thought that Gujarat Titans had moved up big time when they actually appointed him the captain. But they knew what he was up to. We actually eventually realized what he was doing in the month of April at such once the IPL start. And you talk about well, his physio mostly, how he became a bit of a workaholic. Is that something that he's always been? Someone who's tried to do as much as possible? Or is that, again, something to do with, you know, this maturity that he's come to now? He's, he's always been that way when it comes to workload as such. Even one of the uh, previous SNC coaches and physios that he had worked with, one of the uh, Mumbai Indians SNC coaches, had once told me that, uh, come on, yaar, you just can't make him stop. All he can bowl right now is 24 balls, but he wants to bowl at least 42. Okay, so that's where the challenge is for the guys who are looking after his body. He is an addict when it comes to uh, cricket. So in that sense, it's a boon and a bane for those who are managing his body. That you just can't make him stop. But at some level, he realized that beyond the point, he cannot stretch his body. And honestly, Jared, uh, Kiran Mora being around actually must have helped a lot. Kiran Mora himself told me that he hadn't been monitoring Hardik Pandya's cricket for almost a decade on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay. But since they go back a long way, off and on during Mumbai Indians, they used to interact and all. So once Hardik realized that he had to fall back on someone to monitor his skills, it had to be Kiran Moe. And both of them being in the same city actually helped a great deal in that respect also. Not just with regard to the physical makeup or 
getting back in shape for our refund. So, Kira More, for you and I, we obviously know what that means, but can you explain to the younger audience who Kiran More is and what he's done since his retirement? So, basically, uh, Kiran More and both the Pandyas uh, go back such a long way that it was actually uh, their father, Pran and Hadik's father, who uh, moved to Baroda and got his elder son, Pran, to Kiran More's academy, who was about seven, eight years old then. Kiran More took a look at him and told his father he's too young. I don't take kids who are uh, younger than 10 or 11 year olds. So his father requested that we have come a long way. Please just take a look at him once before you actually uh, turn us away. So Kiran More just had a look at him and the manner in which he was batting, Kiran More was convinced and he actually started making him bat in the nets of the eldest kids. Okay. And once they actually moved to Baroda, Hardik being the younger son used to be a ball boy because a lot of these younger kids used to be made to bat on a terrace court in his academy premises. Okay, Kiran More, I and Gauro Joshi, we run a YouTube channel, a podcast in Marathi. Kiran More has told us this wonderful uh, anecdote and we have released it, only that clip with English subtitles. Hopefully you can pin it. Uh, but the point is, Hardik Pandya used to be a ball boy running around. One fine day, Kiran More was fed up of this chap running around on the tennis court, fetching balls. So he said, okay, start batting over there at the corner. And that's how Ardik Pandya's cricket journey actually started. So since they have such an old bond and they know each other well, it just took one phone call from Ardik Pandya to Kiran More that why don't you come over and monitor my skill work. As in another wonderful story that I have is, this was somewhere in the middle of January during the rehab right now, his comeback. The target for the day was to bat around 120 balls. In 30-odd balls, Hardik Pandya just actually threw away all his cricket kit, took off his gloves, threw the bat away. It was just not happening. The physio was scared whether he had actually broken down. Kiran Mora just waited for Hardik to actually get back into a decent frame of mind before broaching the topic. And then he realized that Hardik just wasn't confident enough of playing anything short. It wasn't any problem as such. So Kiran Mora told him, you don't need to be ashamed of it. Just start wearing a chest guard. The great Sunil Gavaskar did that. The great Sachin Tendulkar did that. You were at international cricket, in competitive cricket. So Kiran More told him that everyone struggles. Only Kiran More could have actually made him realize and made it happen. No one else, he wouldn't have even bothered to listen to anyone else saying you wear a chest guard. Ultimately, you have achieved something in your life. So for like four or five days, Ardik Pandya batted with chest guard. Then he took it away. These are the small things, Jared. We know. Even, even a school kid has to be made to realize all this. But at the end of the day, to actually give that advice at that point in time becomes critical. And that's where Kiran More came in handy for Arvind Pandey. And I mean, the whole short ball thing is really interesting because we see these big muscular all-rounders who quite often go out and bat. And they don't wear chest guards or arm guards a lot because there is a masculine part of all this. It was funny, I was commentating with Ian O'Brien yesterday and he was saying that he came up with an, it's like a shoulder blade thing. He called it a shark fin. And he said it looked ridiculous and everyone made fun of him. But he kept getting hit there. When he got hit there, he couldn't bowl. So for him, it wasn't even like, it didn't matter to him. But Harding did seem to have like a struggle against a short ball. Other than the chest guard, they used other methods, didn't they? Didn't they put tiles on the wicket to try and give him inconsistent bounce? Yes, that's one of them. And the usual uh, wet wicket tactic, bowling with 18-yard all those things they adopted, but the tire thing actually uh, did work to an extent because anyway, 
when they were actually training, it was the winter in his hometown and it gets really chilly. As in the temperature invariably is in single digits for most of the day, which is quite cold in India as you would be aware. That's quite cold anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. So in those conditions to actually uh, bat with, with that variable bounce early in the day, it does take a lot out of a batter. And especially when he also has to take care of his body, not just with regard to the injury, but also because he has to be a bowler. And so they ended up giving him around 200 balls a day to bat, right? Yes. I've got this theory that the reason that Pat Cummins can bat is because of all of his injuries and because he had to keep coming back as a batter first. And so he's, he'll never be a great batter, but he could do a few things really well. Hardik, having that period where, you know, it probably would have been what? two months of just focusing on his batting, right? So he gets his body right for two months, gets his batting right for two months, and then they start to bring bowling in. I wonder if he'd ever had that period before where he just spent two months thinking about his batting because there's absolutely no doubt at the IPL, he was a different player than we saw before. Yes, and those two months coinciding with this whole Gujarat Titans build-up, no? The planning phase also must have helped him a great deal because then he started preparing as if he had to bat at four. Mm. He didn't have to be only a slogger. So all that actually worked a great deal. All these things, it's like we know that all the chinks in the jigsaw actually coming together, all the pieces coming together is a rare phenomenon. And when it happens, a sports person or for that matter, anyone in any walk of life has to make the most of it. And we have seen Ardik optimizing all that. And there was also a technical change to his back lift. Do you know what the thinking was there? I tried watching the topic to... Kiran, as well as Hardik, informally once, but they did not want to dwell too much on it. All that Kiran Morris said to me was, see, it was a minor backlift adjustment that he realized and he did that. Once he told me that I am doing this, I just had to follow and just observe whether everything was happening well. So honestly, I don't really know what led to it. Yeah. And the other thing he did was he added a in swinger as well, didn't he? Was that on purpose or did that just sort of happen through the rehab? No, I guess that was on purpose. He actually worked on it because he realized that to play a role, as in if he had to bowl at various stages in a T20 innings, he had to have, uh, besides pace and accuracy, he had to have that movement both ways. And like you said, that when you are focused and when you have so much of time to work on your technique, on your game as overall, it becomes easier to actually uh, develop something that you haven't acquired till then, hasn't it? It's like he had been bowling for 20 years, he did not have it. Suddenly we saw him bowling that. So that was great, actually. There's other things that they explained to him. I think this might have been the physio who basically he compared him to a car, which is always nice to be compared to a car. He said that, you know, an Alto car, you know, which is a very common car in, in that part of the world, which just runs and runs and runs until it falls apart. That's one kind of car, whereas he was basically saying to Hardik, you're a Ferrari. Like, you need to understand that we need to be checking on you all the time. And you can't just drive to the other side of the country. You can do short sprints as a Ferrari, and then we need to look at you again. That seems to have changed the way Hardik thought about things. Yes, as in kind of hitting the nail point, Jared, as in you have to have those pit stops. Just because you're back to full tilt doesn't mean that you can keep going on in the same way. Okay, that's the bottom line and that's where someone like Harding, I'm not actually remotely trying to compare him with anyone, but to get to realize, to get to know your body and to know how to maintain the body, we saw Zahir Khan doing that 
somewhere in the middle of the first decade of the century mm. when he, he was dropped from the Indian team, went and played a whole season of county cricket, regained his fitness, got to know his body. Something similar Hardik has done in this six months without playing a match. That is again rare, right? Mm. I, I think it's quite interesting though. If you look at all-rounders, even throughout the history of cricket, you know, you can look at someone that we have the all-rounders who are natural athletes. And most all-rounders are pretty good athletes. There's very few all-rounders who aren't because they have to be good enough for two different skills, right? And so straight away. So you do get a couple of all-rounders like, let's say, Capel Devaney and both them, maybe even Garfield Sobers, who sort of come out straight, almost straight away as incredible talents. But if you look at Imran Khan and Jason Holder and Ravi Jadeja and Ben Stokes, it's really around that 26, 27, 28 mark where because they were so good at batting and they were so good at bowling, they never actually had time to really work on either of those skills. And as they mature, you know, you look at Imran Khan and Ravi Jadeja are perfect examples. Daniel Vittori you could put in there as well of someone who's like, okay, now I'm going to work out how to make more runs. Hardik basically has had a six-month, what would you call it? It's almost like a camp on how to work out how to use his body correctly how to improve his batting. I still wish he'd go back to smashing more sixes, even if he's batting at number four, but improve his batting and also adding that extra skill on his bowling. He's almost done that in one small period. And that is the difference between being a really good athlete who can play cricket and potentially fulfilling his main role, which could be, you know, completely changing the Indian cricket team in all three formats if they needed. Exactly, exactly. And that he has in so many ways set up a great example in this modern day era wherein all the cricketers say, when do we actually work on our skills? If you want to make it happen, you can take time off. You can be a different cricketer altogether. He was forced to do it, but eventually it was voluntary. Unless unless you actually feel from somewhere within, it cannot happen. And like you said, eventually Hardik Pandya can be the game changer for the next half a decade for Indian cricket. Because we have seen that the seniors than him, most of them are on a wane. They don't have too much of time in their hand. So he can actually be the flag bearer, provided he can take those timely pit stops and get back in the shape. And just to finish up, obviously he got the captaincy. He wins the IPL. This year was no disrespect to Gujarat, but it was a bit of a crapshoot because you had the two new teams, you had the mega auction, kind of everything was going on at the same time, right? And so we'll know how good Gujarat is if they're consistently good over the next couple of years. Even if they don't win, if they come third next year and fourth the year after, we'll know that they're good. Whereas if they go back to finishing seventh, then we'll be like, well, that was a bit of luck. But him specifically, we talked about the reputation before. We talked about, you know, being a late night party guy, not always fitting into Indian cricket. This last, let's say last 18 months of his life, becoming a father, marriage, all that sort of stuff. He's probably entering now what should be a completely different era of cricket for him mentally, which should help him as a captain. He knows what it's like to be the young, prodigious, talented person, but he now also knows what it's like to be the injured guy who may not come back, right? That should really help him as a leader going forward, shouldn't it? The whole thing, the whole metamorphosis. Yeah, exactly. It's a complete package, right? You talk about every facet of being an India cricketer. He has been through it. It's not, as in, he can actually tell any damn cricketer in India that I can empathize with you. You can't really sympathize, okay? He can actually empathize with any cricketer. Like you said, that holds him in good stead to actually take over if required, okay? Right now, Indian cricket, it's like with the great scheduling, uh, all the other external factors that are involved in India's international schedule, 
be it broadcasters, be it uh, keeping the other ICC members happy, everything else, you are bound to have multiple captains. Mm. As in the last seven series, India has had only seven captains. We may have seven more captains in the next seven series. And Hardik Pandya is one of the prime contenders to actually lead India in more than one series. Should Rohit Sharma be unavailable for any reason across formats or at least the limited overs formats. So in that case, if he can actually remain fit, he has shown that he has the leadership skills. He has the cricketing acumen, not just man management. If he can actually keep himself fit and keep himself fit in the head also, because ultimately he is Hardik Pandya. Let's just hope he does not derail into the old Hardik Pandya as such. Then I guess uh, Indian cricket has a ready-made option when it comes to limited overs captaincy at least. If I had asked you two years ago, if Hardik Pandya would ever be Indian captain, you wouldn't have said yes, would you? No, I was not sure whether Hardik Pandya would come back as an India all-round. Let's be honest. It's been a remarkable turn. I, th- I think you're right. I think I kept thinking that he was just going to have to become a batter. And, you know, we see that with all-rounders all the time. Or he'd become like a Shane Watson all-rounder, where you would bowl on him occasionally, but not really. But it's been a remarkable journey in such a short time. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Always a pleasure, Jared. Cheers. Thank you for listening. There is more information on my guests in the show notes. Please support them where you can, but also support us. If you can't help out on Patreon, every single review, share, or word of mouth suggestion to your friend helps us. However, this podcast is made available by the people who support us at Patreon, so thank you to all of those who do. There is a link to the Patreon in the show notes. Red Inker is made by me, Jared Kimber. Nick McCorriston makes the best audio anyone can from random Zoom calls. Makunja Benredi is in charge of our video side. Orijoti Senpathy turns the files into video podcasts, and Shabanka Patacharya makes our graphics. Our theme tune is called The Prisoner by the Red Crickets.